Merry Christmas. My name is Brad Watson, and this is the Saturate Podcast's Advent devotional called Preparing Room. This is a 25-day reflective journey through the themes of Advent, as well as the themes of being the people God called us to be, so I hope that you will enjoy it. In addition to this devotional, we also have resources on Advent that I'd love for you to check out at saturatetheworld.com. One is the Advent Community Guide, which will help you have engaging conversations throughout this season as your community gets together. There's also crafts and coloring sheets for children, as well as alternative ways to use it with your children and family gatherings. So it's a great resource just to use with families as well. Also, we have a holiday missional community planning guide that will help leaders engage and plan for this season so that people will grow in your community in their love for God during this season, their love for one another in this season, and their love for their neighbor this season. So make sure you check both of those out. And with that, let's engage today's reflection. The True Story of Hope On a December morning in Newtown, Connecticut in 2012, children and teachers were likely gearing up for a day filled with gluing cotton balls onto Santa's beard when a 20-year-old man came into the school shooting and killing 20 children between the ages of 6 and 7. Six adults were also killed. And there should be a bigger and weightier word than tragedy but I can't find one. In the days and even the years following the murder and the death of these 27 humans, we focused on mental health. You know, how has the human brain and the emotions got so perverted? Uh, We've also focused on guns. How did humanity create such an efficient, cold, callous tools for death? I remember talking about safety often. You know, why can't we protect our very youngest children? But what happened was death. It was evil. It was sin. And while for many of us in America, it was a shock to our system, it was also just another news story in the grand scheme of genocide, greed, war, abuse, assault, murder, and terror. It was just another story about our world. One of the reasons I I love the Bible is, is not just its beauty and language and its purpose, but also its realism. The story of the the scriptures says over and over again that the world is not right. Uh, The reason I've given so much of my life to reading the Bible is because it also offers the story of what will make the world right, new, and beautiful. Strangely, Advent takes us both into the brokenness and the tragedy of the world, and it also takes us to the hope for the world. And so, let's talk about the story of Advent. One of the best Advent passages is found in Genesis 15, 1-6. And there's another great one in Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 19. And there's still another inspiring Advent passage in Psalm 89, 1 to 4. But before we get into those, let's go to the very first Advent passage. It's Genesis 2, verse 1 through Genesis 3, 15. 
and then we'll work our way back to these others. Genesis 2 is the arrival of the world with humans. What a thought. You know, the, the beginning of humanity. Genesis 2 describes a perfect garden for humans to live in and thrive in. There are rivers and trees and animals and God, like a potter, forms man. And he breathes into his nostrils life. Imagine that. God's so close in creation that he puts his breath into him. And that that breath creates life. See, humanity doesn't exist apart from God's intimate presence and generosity and breath. God walks with Adam in the cool of the day, in rest and in labor. And then he creates for Adam human relationships, human companionship. And and when Adam sees Eve, he says, This at last is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And believe it or not, that's the beginning of the Advent story. Next, Adam and Eve rebel against the living God who breathed life into them. The maker and sustainer, not just of their garden, but of the entire universe. The serpent came and asked, Did God really say that if you eat, you will become like God? He doesn't want that, does he? And then, hearing this temptation, they ate. And then in the eating of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, they suddenly knew shame and hiding and guilt. And this is in chapter 3. But then God comes to them. See, God, God calls out to them. He asks for them. And see, this is the first pursuing of God in this broken, sinful world. This is the second act of Advent. God came to humanity. Even in the early pages of the Bible of this grand story, the picture of Advent arrives way before the manger. Because God seeks the ones he loves. Advent, this coming, this arrival, this pursuing is who he is. Now God also comes explaining justice. He explains the brokenness of shame, guilt, and the striving to be God, and how, and how that will result in a catastrophic relationships, work, birth, environment, futility, and separation from the very source of life. In this second act, God seeks the people he formed to be his image. He seeks them out, and he also declares the reality of rebellion away from him. He explains the reality of of a life lived away from that intimate presence of God is a life of death. And he informs them somewhat mercifully of a different world. He explains to them about a world that we inhabit today, a world in which tragedy is normal. But in the midst of that chaos, God gives them a promise. He tells Adam and Eve, he says, a child or a seed from Eve will oppose and do battle with evil 
with the serpent, serpent, and the serpent will be destroyed. But it will be cost the life of this heir of Adam and Eve. He will be bruised. It will destroy them both. See, the promise he gives is one day a child of Eve will crush the serpent and that child will be bruised. The promise of redemption and restoration one day. And this is the third act of Advent. Promise. Hope. This is the one that we often inhabit of God's plan to recreate the world, God's promise to send a Savior. But there there are many promises. In Genesis 15, God promises to create a family that will bless the whole world, that the heir of Abraham will be a blessing. Blessing here isn't just a, a little gift, it's making things right. Hope from a child, hope from a family. In Deuteronomy 18, this promise expands uh, with the voice of a prophet who will speak the truth and life. Deuteronomy 18 is saying, there's a prophet that's going to come that will be better than Moses. He will speak truth and he will speak life. So the promise then is a son, a family, a prophet. In Psalm 18 and, and in so many other places, God promises a king who will sit on the throne and make all things right. He will reign and there will be redemption. God's promises to send rescue and to send blessing. And just as God pursued Adam and Eve in the garden, as soon as they sinned, God pursues humanity in the midst of our sin all the way to Jesus and through Jesus and even now. See, the birth of Jesus is the culmination of that promise of a child, a son, a family, a king. This is the fourth act. Jesus' life then is filled with battling the curse of sin and evil itself. He battles it with words. He battles it with stories. He battles evil with his actions. He battles it in his friendships. He battles it in miracles and signs and wonders and the feeding of people. And ultimately, he battles evil with death, his very own, bruised to the point of death. But but Jesus isn't a martyr. He's, He's a king. He's the king. Pulling back centuries of the curse from that garden, Jesus is raised from dead from the dead by the power of the Spirit. He crushes sin, death, and evil, sparking a revolution that none can be compared to. God breathed closely and intimately into the souls of men and women, raising them from the dead, breathing his Spirit into them. He conquered the shame of the garden, the evil of this world. Those who were far off from God were brought close intimately. Advent is that redemption has arrived. In Act 5, just as God sent the promise, he sends the church. He sends his newly formed family of adopted sons and daughters into the world by the very power of God. And in darkness, we find opportunity for light. In evil, 
We, the church, see calling to push back. In sin, we see the power of God to redeem all things. This is our moment in the story. Christ has arrived. He's redeemed. We are the people of redemption. We are a people who know hope in a world that's incomplete. But the story isn't over. One day, all things will be restored. All of heaven will come to earth. The end of the story, Acts 6, is restoration, hope fulfilled, hope complete. And in Revelation 21, 1-7, says this uh, in the New Living Translation. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of those things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. And then later, there's also this description of this complete restoration. Then the angel showed me, that's John, a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, and it flowed down the center of the main street. And on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit with the fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for the medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night. No need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on all of them, and they will reign forever and ever. And then the angel said to me, Everything you've heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophet has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. That, my friends, is the story of Advent of hope's arrival and the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, and the arrival of hope in his coming again. And we who live in this true story of the whole world get to make this declaration along with the Holy Spirit to all those who are around us. We get to say, like it says in Revelation twenty-two seventeen, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. See, we declare hope. We invite people into the redemption and the restoration of Advent. 
All the while, we get to echo this classic refrain for this entire season. We say, in every aspect of human life, we say, Come, Lord Jesus, come. The story acknowledges and battles the horror of the world. It also offers the most hope. How can you, how can we be the people of the mission of God in declaring that hope that has come and that is to come? Wait, before you go, I just want to say a few things about a new resource that's come out recently called The Gospel Basics for Kids. It's an amazing resource that we hope that you'll check out. It's for preschool-aged children, and it guides these kids through discussions and story and music and crafts and illustrations and coloring sheets, all to introduce these young children to the important discipleship uh, realities of gospel, identity, rhythms, and essentially the way that we teach and train and disciple adults, we're doing it for kids because our children are not the disciples of the future, they're the disciples of today. And so go to saturatetheworld.com or amazon.com to learn more about the gospel basics for kids and get your copy. <laughs> <laughs>